the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are moving up our normal Thursday visit with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org because I will be taping tomorrow's show in advance and out Thursday and Friday. And uh, with the resignation or pending resignation of Christina Johnson as Ohio State's president, I knew Matt would have thoughts and insight on that, as well as a very provocative piece on his substack, The Patriot Mind, about Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, doing what hasn't been done before, at least not at this juncture, of a possible presidential campaign, is teaming up to give voters an option relative to Donald Trump's candidacy. So we'll get to all that. We welcome Matt to the show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ohio Matt. Let's start with uh, the big news, Christina Johnson's resignation from Ohio State. Something happened, Matt. We don't know what happened. I think. Do you think we'll eventually find out what happened, either in a lawsuit or through Freedom of Information Act requests or some dispute as to whether or not there was an investigation by Ohio State? Some media entities reporting there were uh, investigatory measures taken. Others saying Ohio State, I guess, saying no, that's not the case. They can't do anything like that where they're going to spend taxpayer money without having to disclose it on an FOIA request. Am I correct? Well, first, who? You don't think she's made enough of an impact here that you would uh, remember that Christina Johnson is the president or has been the president of Ohio State? <laughs> yeah, I kid. Yeah, no, not really. No, I mean she's a she's been a nothing burger. Uh, I, I even totally forgot who she was until I saw the the headline yesterday that she was leaving uh, her contract early and that there may have been this investigation by the board. Um, look, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things where. You know, all, all I've heard from folks is she's incredibly woke and has been pushing incredibly woke policies. And, you know, she has to remember she's in Ohio and, you know, not everybody wants to be woke. Right. So there are some people who think that some of that stuff needs to be dialed down a bit. And so, you know, I'm not surprised she probably uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way um, and, and wasn't quite the right fit for for a, you know, Columbus, Ohio based institution of learning. Well, this shouldn't be a surprise if she's super uber progressive. I mean, she's uh, openly LGBTQ, and they knew that when they hired her. I think that was something that they obviously, as a university, made a decision to stand behind. So if that is what ended up hanging her, uh, I would sort of blame the people who hired her rather than entirely her. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, Ohio State is a premier institution, and it should do a national search and find the best of the best who have experience running similar like institutions. If, if you can't find those kinds of people, then you need to ask yourself as a board, why can't we? What's what's the problem? Why can't we draw the top talent to, to run this great you know state based institution of you know what fifty thousand uh, students plus fifty thousand employees plus, uh, and then of course you know as we've talked about before the hospital hospital industrial complex that's arisen all over uh, Central Ohio uh, through Ohio State. Do they need to find or think about, I don't even know if there is an alternative way, Matt, and our guest is Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. Is there an alternative way to manage a big behemoth university like this? Gordon Gee told me years and years ago that 
more presidents get fired over athletics than uh, anything else. And uh, second is hospitals. Uh, we have different forms of city government. There's some cities that have mayors, ostensibly Columbus does. There's some that do the city manager thing. Uh, are there other options to running universities? Should Ohio State, they, they fancy themselves a visionary on everything. Should they maybe look at managing uh, this humongous billion-dollar business uh, differently than they do it? Would this be a time maybe they should look at that? Well, look, I, I think they need to think about what is the primary goal for Ohio State. Uh, I, you know, I have I, I've seen this before, right? There is a mission stray, right? It's focused now on the hospital beds and making money off of the sick and ill, right? There is the athletics that we know is drives so much of the conversation about Ohio State. But what I'd like to know is, you know, of all those professors and administrators, you know, what, what are they doing inside the classroom to produce the best and brightest graduates of that university? Because, you know, my sense is there's a ton of bloat in the university, and there's a lot of professors who are getting paid a lot of money who spend very little time inside the classroom teaching our kids who are putting lots of money into that school to, to learn from the best they can find and graduate so that they can go get great jobs and help, you know, create this state and make the state boom, which is, you know, not happening as you know. So to me, I would use this as an inflection point, frankly, for a much larger conversation about Ohio State. What is its primary role? Is it moving away from that role? Are there more hospital beds than students now? Those are the kinds of questions I think that they need to talk about as they think about who should run such an institution and what does that look like. Well, uh, Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org, our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. I know that uh, you mentioned how progressive and woke she is. Uh, I know they've spent an incredible amount of money on diversity, equity, and inclusion. They have. I've, I've run the tweet before where they have like 60 or more people drawing unfathomable salaries for DEI. So uh, that could be a place where they could clean it up. It's ironic to me, not surprising, but ironic, the athletic director, Gene Smith, makes twice as much as the university president, I don't have any idea what their hospital chief makes. My guess is uh, he or she probably makes more than Christina Johnson does, too. So maybe there's a question here of how much power she really has. Uh, that would be uh, kind of interesting to know the internal politics of the place. Well, that talks about what, what's the priority of the university, right? I mean, if, if, if your numbers are right, and I, I don't doubt that they are, right, it seems to me what they're saying is athletics is first. The hospital side is second, and academics is, is third, and and that to me is is a is a problem and should be a problem. Don't get me wrong; I'm, I love watching high state sports like anybody, but at the end of the day, right, that it was founded and has been run for over a hundred years as an academic institution, and it needs to remain so. So, I really think that this is an opportunity for the board to really do some soul searching about what what Ohio State should be and who should lead such a place. Hey, how about Gordon Gee round three? Look, you know, <laughs> Gordon has his warts and all, but, you know, look, the man took that place from a – when I was growing up here in Columbus, Ohio State was the school you went to if you couldn't get in anywhere else. Yes. He fundamentally changed that now to a very, very tough academic institution that, you know, you're lucky to get in, and if you don't, you end up at the, the satellite uh, campuses until you can earn your way into the main campus. So, you know, and he obviously raised a ton of money, built a whole lot of academic buildings. So, so you know, he has a – strong reputation despite some of those warts that that are out there but but you know I, I think what they need to think about is who has the capability to manage you know essentially what would be a conglomerate that is no different than a fortune 20 company and in that that means a different style than perhaps the what they're used to which is 
you know, some PhD academic that ended up in administration and slowly worked their way up, you know, to the to a presidency or, or provost position, who who is uh, kind of in the next job for is to take over university. Maybe they need to think outside the box a bit, uh, in in kind of look at more of a kind of corporate structure, corporate type mentality that really runs that place uh, more efficiently. Interesting perspective. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. That's what he provides us when he joins us every week, typically Thursdays at noon, but we wanted to get Matt in this week as I'm traveling later on in the week. Finally, Matt, there's the matter of the House now getting oversight on things going on in Washington. They can subpoena witnesses. Uh, The Democrats have had the ability to do this. They did it for the January 6th investigation. They did it for other things. But Adam Schiff says he's going to evaluate the subpoena that he's inevitably going to be issued and that he may not comply. Uh, This is an interesting perspective from someone who certainly used subpoenas at will when he and his party were in control. Yeah, look, Adam Schiff is a despicable human being, and he only can be in Congress because he represents such a left-wing district that he can do the stuff he does and still win elections. I mean, he should be booted off all congressional committees because he was the leaker in chief for the last six years of, of you know, he, he lied to, 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 to the American people. He went on TV repeating a lie and said he saw, he saw hard evidence of Trump colluding with Russia, which we all know was a hoax and was all fake. He had no evidence, but he went on repeatedly and said it. He said it in the halls of Congress. He said it at hearings. Right. He used the, the his position as the intel uh, chair, as well as the one six committee to essentially ride roughshod over the civil liberties of, of, of countless, countless Americans. And to have the audacity to essentially say if he gets a subpoena, he'll have to evaluate whether he thinks it's legitimate versus the hundreds of subpoenas that he's forced down, some of which he's who failed to comply. But then they stick the Justice Department on who then got tried and convicted and are going to jail because of not complying with an Adam Schiff subpoena. So it is the height of irony and hypocrisy, and it's why so many Americans loathe Congress. Matt, always great to have you on. Appreciate your time today, and we look forward to talking to you at our regular time next week. Hey, thanks for having me. Remember, Matt also writes the Patriot Mind substack. He's got a really interesting substack out now about a strategy to defeat Donald Trump in the 2024 primary. We didn't get to that, but we'll get to it again the next time we chat. We've spent the first part of the program today talking about the resignation of Christina Johnson as Ohio State University's president. Uh, Something is amiss with her performance, or she would not be asked to resign. The Board of Trustees met in uh, executive session for two hours a while back, and uh, that usually portends trouble for somebody at a high level. Turns out it was her. And it's interesting to me. I'd be curious to know if you have son or daughter who's gone through Ohio State and particularly through the COVID experience at Ohio State where you were forced to do everything virtually and then you were forced to get a vaccine if you wanted to be on campus. I'd be curious to know if you feel like you got your money's worth. Like you pay in-state tuition at Ohio State and that's like 30 grand, something like that. It's a lot of money. I just wonder, I don't think she's, you know, walking the plank because of that, because that was a university-wide decision, and she would have been in full accord with that because she, of course, leans heavily left. The truth of the matter is, uh, coincidentally or not, 
Georgetown Law Professor Jonathan Turley on his website today has a story that is definitely true of Ohio State and I think true of most major universities around the country. He said they have eliminated, virtually eliminated, Republican and conservative scholars from their faculty. I know a conservative professor at Ohio State, and we commiserate on email from time to time, and he has to keep his head down because if he would ever put his name to his opinions that he shares with me, if I were ever to put his name to them publicly, it would compromise his position at OSU. I have another friend whose wife works in the hospital system. Same situation. I occasionally get some inside information on what's going on at Ohio State, but I'm careful not to expose who that might be because I know that it would be bad for them, and they know it would be bad for them. We are in a country, are we not, where we are essentially divided 50-50 in political thought. Why are our universities overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly Democrat? Let me just give you some numbers here. A survey by the College Fix found that 33 departments of 65 surveyed at various universities, and one of the universities was Ohio State, 33 departments. Now, this is a department, right? The Department of, let's say, History at Ohio State will have a ton of professors and TAs and all that, a ton of instructors, right, in the History Department at Ohio State. They'll have their own building. It'll be full of people who are history professors. So that's an example of a university Department. There's a math department. There's an English department. There's a journalism department. On and on and on. Lots of departments. So they surveyed just randomly 65 departments at different universities. Ohio State, Nebraska, North Carolina, Georgia, Cornell, Oklahoma, and Alaska Anchorage. So they're hopping around the country, going northeast, midwest, you know, far west. Half of the 65 departments did not have a single registered Republican. Not a single one. Now, how can you what what are what are universities supposed to offer? Are they are they not supposed to offer diversity of thought? Are they not supposed to? Diversity of thought, right? We're gonna go to college, we're gonna have this marketplace of ideas, all these phrases we throw out, like, oh, we're gonna go to college, we're gonna be exposed to all these different things, and then you get to evaluate which is right and which fits my value system and blah blah. Is that is that the university experience now? Is that what you're paying for? No, of course not. You're paying, most of you, particularly rural Ohioans, you're paying to send your kid to a place where their mind will be bent 180 degrees from how you raised them. This is why it like pierces my heart a little bit when I hear somebody I know, somebody from my church, is going to go to Ohio State, and instantly I put them on my prayer list because I know, I know they're going to be subjected to attacks. And it's it's heartening to me to see those same students in church every Sunday because I'm like, great, this is phenomenal. They're still here. They're still getting reconnected to the truth. And I'm not saying that, you know, they shouldn't be in that environment because it is possible to be light in that environment. But it just heightens my responsibility to pray for them because they are definitely going to be under attack. You don't think so? Did you see Tucker last night? Did you see Tucker last night? A woman on Tucker last night. Annabelle Rockwell. Okay, who is Annabelle Rockwell? She's an heir to a pharmaceutical fortune. Okay, so she goes to, where do these kinds of uh, people go? They go to a very highly touted university in the Northeast, right? 
So she goes to Mount Holyoke, a liberal women's college in South Hadley, Massachusetts. Perfect, right? This is perfect. This is where heiresses go to get educated. $60,000 a year. She had to basically, she didn't become like a man. She became a woke liberal at this place. She had to undergo cult detransitioning when she got out of there because she said she was, her mind was poisoned by what she called a toxic culture at the place. Her mom paid $300 a day to someone to save her from her cult-like college education. Here's her quote. I arrived at Mount Holyoke bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So excited to be there in 2011. 2011? This is 11 years ago, folks. This, This programming was in place more than a decade ago. As soon as I got there, I was told that I should refer to myself as a first year not as a freshman, because we were at a historically women's college. Can't be a freshman at a women's college. What if you're a, what if you're a, a transgender man? Can you be a freshman then? I don't know. I was left a note in my mailbox saying, he may be a she, she may be a he. Don't assume anyone's gender. And I thought, okay, that's new. Then she said she got a special haircut that all the kids got to indicate their rebellion. What is the key to her like getting back to? who she was before, how she was raised. She says, I reconnected with my family. I moved home. I asked for forgiveness. I admitted I was wrong. I made a lifestyle change. I stopped drinking. I started to believe in God again. She got back to the truth. She got back to the truth. John in Sydney, Ohio is next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Hi, John. How you doing, sir? Good. My daughter's a junior, goes to Ohio State. Uh, yes, we went through the uh, agonizing uh, uh, shot, which was, nope, she got a uh, religious exemption. Good. That was approved. And then I can't remember how it played out, but she had to do it again. Oh. Had, she had to go back and do it again Is after they reinstated some kind of uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's doing great. Uh, she hates the wokeness. Uh, she called me up one day and said, Dad, what is my pronoun? I said, that, that's simple, honey. Uh, you're a girl. You were <laughs> born a girl, and that's how you answer the question. Yeah. There are no pronouns for you. Boy, girl. Simply Unreal. Put. Unreal. Yes. Well, John, stay on top of it. Sounds like your daughter is uh, a special young lady. Uh, I'll add her to my prayer list, and you. I appreciate you listening to the show. I appreciate the call. Yeah, you gotta. I always say you gotta pray for our Christian teachers. You gotta pray for our Christian professors and students because, man, they are under attack. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.